This is Lampshade Media Presents Panic Attack with Amber Falter. Mel Millman, Lampshade Media presents Panic Attack with Amber Falter. Hi, hello. I am so excited to have you on the show, Amber. I'm happy to be in this basement and be drinking fucking whiskey. <laughs> yeah, and this <sighs> is uh, this is this is this is good whiskey with a big rock. Yeah, it's, first of all, like you're prepared to have people drink whiskey in your place because. That's the correct size of ice. <laughs> Not that I give a shit. I'll drink it out of a boot or whatever, but... <laughs> like German beer? Yeah, yeah. I, I get a pint of that and a pint of Pilsner, and then I black out because I'm so small. Um, I'm pretty big. I can I, I can put some whiskey away, but I'm definitely always prepared for anyone that comes here to drink whiskey. Even if they're rich and fancy? Well, okay. There's <laughs> Maybe maybe there is a line. You, you I even, mean... You even have like nice different glassware. I was very impressed with your dishwasher. We're not... We're <laughs> You open it up like, Pew! I was like, girl, you got some, you got yeah. some things in there. Yeah, I love like a that you bar. that I was pulling <laughs> the clean dishes out of the dishwasher to use, because that's how classy I am. Most boys' <laughs> houses that I go to, they're like, oh no, let's all have this like whiskey. Like they think they have a whiskey bar, but they have like an old dusty bottle bottle of whiskey, and then like their whiskey glasses, quote unquote, are like these dusty, dirty things in the back of their cabinet behind their mac and cheese, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> can we just drink from the bottle like hillbillies you don't have to impress me yeah. i'm already disgusted <laughs> well I, th- I can promise you one thing about my my whiskey is like it's always a clean bottle hell yeah <laughs> you're like i'm buying it weekly so <laughs> that bottle is <sighs> usually not very dusty <laughs> oh, preferred preferred oh uh, so you you have been fucking killing it at the growling gremlin Thanks. I've been out to like like several of these shows, and it's just always packed, and everybody's always hilarious. Thank you. Like, it seems like like you're like you've got you've got some sort of magic touch. If if you got the Midas comedy touch, is that what it is? Um, you could say that, or <laughs> f- from my angle, come on, come I, on, have, <laughs> I have I have extreme fear of making anyone mad at me. Like, the last thing I want is to make anyone, like, angry or feel uncomfortable. So even, like, in terms of, like, booking people, I want those performers to be so happy. I want them to feel loved and welcomed. And even if we get a crowd of only, like, 15 or 20 people, um, which is still very fucking awesome, you know, on a Tuesday night because it's typically a Tuesday. Um, but I, even if that's all that happens, like, I want them to know that everyone in that crowd is here for that show. And they are going to be listened to. They're going to be... Um, half of those people will say hello to you after your set, and I want it to. I want it to feel like home, and that's kind of why I ended up at that venue. Is um, it really has become this like it's a very small space that is cozy in t- terms of its actual physical size, and yeah. so when you're in there, it already it actually is an old German village home, um, and then it right. also has like if even if it's not outside on the patio or it's indoors upstairs, I call it the beer attic because it's just so tiny and like <laughs> i don't know so and then in terms of the audience like you i just run around and i act like i'm hosting a party in my own house 
And I thank everybody for being there. And I try so hard to be like, this really does mean a lot. Even your presence, even if you didn't have money to donate to the comedians, like you're a fucking rock star for being here on a Tuesday night when you probably have a nine to five. And you are a great host. Like I have, I have, I have just felt incredibly loved every time I've been there. It makes me so happy. And then I'm also laughing a lot. So those two things together, I think are the, uh, the winning combination. It might not be magic. It might be like effort. <laughs> right. No, I mean, it, it's, it, it becomes a thing where even some friends last night, they're all like, at the end of the night, you know, the people in the crowd are, we're going to this bar. We're, come meet us. Da, da, da. And I say yes to all like six people, even if they're going in six different places. And I might even go to one, but sometimes I just wrap up and I get in my car and I go home because it, yeah. it really is exhausting, but it's rewarding. Like I woke up fucking smiling like i felt so good all day i still feel great so <laughs> the last one was last night so yeah yeah that was a, that was a fun night i actually right. saw like three comedy shows last night oh my god well then you went to the roast yes i did and then where else did you go uh bossy bossy I, I only caught Joel Good though. Okay, cool, cool. Like he was the last open mic. Uh, oh, what a at that funny show. goob! Yeah, 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 yeah. I love how he he always says "you old card." And that <laughs> I feel like he's uh, an old man from like the 1950s that like ended up in this progressive state in, in or at least Columbus. No, not all of us. God, that was trash. But in Columbus, like he like ended up here, and like somebody gave him like a five minute rundown of like just like lgbtq plus and like all these things and was like listen it's not the same as it used to be and he's like you know that sounds great baby okay whatever yeah (laughs) we can go with that man like that sounds great women do deserve rights and stuff man (laughs) but he's like 20 probably i don't fucking know how old that kid is do you know I, I don't know for sure. Joel, He's, good. If you hear this, tell us your age. Yeah, yeah. We're all confused. Yeah, message message us with that. <laughs> yeah. I think he'll he'll probably be on the show uh, yeah. here here shortly. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, he cracks me up with that. Uh, that yeah, he's got a couple of them. That the whoopsie daisy shit and the. Uh, What's the one about selling jello? L- selling lamps like at night. Uh, <laughs> yes. I love that dude. Insane. But anyway. So, uh, how do you like, okay. So like, Les, like I went a couple times ago to growl and gremlin and you had this dude that he was like a regional act and he was like, he was like working on material, but it was still like, what was his name? Is this two weeks ago? He's the American history guy. Dude. Okay. So that venue came about and I, they agreed to let me do that shit once a month. Okay. And again, not tooting my own horn, but it has become a thing that it. they're like, yeah, this is cool. This is a Tuesday that we don't make this money usually. Whatever you fucking want. So I've reached out to them when I have the time. And it's hard. Like, I don't know how people like Wonder Doug and Dustin Meadows hustle like they do yeah, in terms of running multiple shows and making them great and being so kind. But this is my, like, one, and then I have another one that's quarterly. But, like, th- I do love it so much. But, like, getting back to that, like, multiple show thing like i i'm a bartender my nights are when i make my money like that's where yeah. my money my livelihood comes from but with that like when i get reached out to by these um awesome comedians or get connected with them and it's a night that is not growling gremlin like i want to help and if i have a night free or if i can financially take that night off um and lose a couple hundred dollars to make them happy and give them a space in columbus um i try to so this was Stuart huff Two weeks That's ago. That's right. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, and I've, it's funny, he's a name, I've never met him, and he's a name that's come up and been uh, strewn about and 
every time his name is brought about by any comic in Ohio or beyond, people are just like, oh, fuck, he's brilliant. He's insane. He's so yeah. kind. He's so wonderful. And then, so I had Colin Brunn from uh, Sydney, Ohio, reach out to me. And he's like, I'm going on a small run with this guy. I've gone with him before. I really love your room. Like, Can we do one? But it didn't line up with my gremlin. So I was like, okay, this will be a one-off. And then the Daily Growler is so kind to me, and they allowed me to have him through. And again, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm vouching for somebody I don't know, and I'm asking my friends to show up and be there. And God, I think we got like just over 20 people, and we were on the patio because it was pretty warm, but not quite, quite warm because it's still Ohio and like spring and it's teetering, whatever. But he was, even before the show started, he's beyond grateful. Yeah. And he's like so kind and warm and. Yeah, but then he gets on stage and he has this kind of like southern like vibe of like, oh god, what's he gonna say? But like, yeah. like initially I'm like, okay, what what are what's his content, you know? And he gets on stage and he's honest with this patio of people and he's like, listen, yeah, um, I've got these new jokes. I'm no fucking hero, and thanks for being here. And then that at the top just engages the entire crowd to be like, you know what? That's so cool. He he may have the microphone, but he's also leveling with us. Yeah. He's right here with us. We also don't know. Like, it's, like, new to us. It's new to him, and that's really fun. That's very vulnerable. And the whole night, he did, like, 45 minutes on the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. And I'm, like, standing back there, never seeing him before, just going off the millions of wows and hell yeahs that I've heard about him. And I was just thoroughly impressed. But then I'm always checking in on the crowd, like, are they enjoying this? And they were. Oh, yeah. And then there was, like, some people in the crowd that, like, happened to be walking by that I kind of, like, barked in. I was like, hi, I do a comedy show. It's going to be really cool. It's pretty. And, um, uh, yeah, I was just really impressed, like, with the way he got along with everyone in the crowd. And, like, people yeah. that didn't understand history, he's like, listen, so if you don't know, the Declaration of Independence is basically break a blitter, right? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, God! And he's like, he's, he's, not tra- he's not trying to act smarter than you or better than you. Yeah. And he's being honest about what he's trying to do and how he's going to make it better. The guy had his fucking notebook on stage writing things down as people reacted. Oh, yeah. He was working material for sure, like but which like, is always entertaining for uh, me to see like professionals working material for a crowd. Cuz obviously comedians like if anyone's listening that's not like, you know, in the know about that, like comedians like need an audience to actually write material. Yeah. Right? And it's a scary thing and you want to act like you always know what you're doing. Um yeah. one actually it's it's one thing that helps me. It's kind of a side note, but um a comedian I met years ago when I was quite new, we ended up in Chicago together in this terrible room. Oh, it was so bad. And there was like nobody there. One woman walked in, so like, we're doing the show. And I was like, <laughs> for one woman, the rest, it was like literally a room this size, but which that is what, woman eight by 10? Comedy in her life. And she fucking showed up. And I was like, whatever, baby, I came from Columbus. You're going to have my terrible seven, seven minutes uh, that I had back then. But so, um, but before I went on stage, one of the comics, he could tell I was freaking out. He's done it longer. And he was like, do you want to know what I tell myself before I get on stage every time? Whenever I get these nerves. And I was like, what? And he said, nobody has any idea that you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> and it's this brilliant like wash of like confidence that it's like, yeah, you know what? They don't know. I am up here. I, they, they, already they might think I'm fucking famous. Like, who cares? But yeah, but yeah he, um, I really liked that. But yeah, Stuart Huff, what a oh, brilliant angel. And his like, his general like thanks and like appreciative 
vibe for even being there on the small patio. I was yeah. like, I don't know, dude, you work clubs and shit that sell out. Like, yeah. this is all I can offer. But, like, again, that kind of goes back to that room and that small homey vibe that I hope any comic, like, large stage, like, been on Comedy Central or Conan, which I've had people come through for, like, I hope at the very least they can appreciate the fact that everyone in that room, you can see the whites of their eyes. You can see them smiling. They do come up and buy your merch and tip you afterwards. Like that's, yeah. I, that's that like, I don't know. I hope it, I hope it feels as good as it looks for me, but I love it. Oh, so it's much. a, it's a, it's a great space. <laughs> Thank you. It was like, I'm so yeah, proud of it. he, I think what was interesting to me about his set and, I, and, and I, we don't have to talk about him the entire time. <laughs> I swear. Mad praise. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was interesting that he was like, uh, Hey, how the, I, a slightly conservative affectation. Yes. And he was able to like send a somewhat progressive message. He was able to make sense of, uh, uh, some, uh, more. <laughs> okay. So tiny let's address the elephant in the room. Yes. Let's, <laughs> yeah, so we've talked you. about Stuart Havanov. He is a yeah. genius and he is like great. But anyway, Tiny is also fantastic. Is this okay? Tiny is now wandering <laughs> about the uh, the table here at Lampshade Lampshade Media. Yeah, so what you, uh, <laughs> if we have not addressed it yet, but Mel was nice enough to tell me um, to invite one of my dogs. Uh, so I did. I brought Tiny, who I call Tiny because she's uh, initially small. Um, we've had a mishap the past couple weekends with all the cat food that's been around, and oh, turns yeah. out she's been eating it. So Tiny is down with the thickness right now, and I can't blame her. Down Smells with good, the thickness. dude. She fucking. So you were never a cat person before. I I you was. You have three dogs, okay, listeners. Three dogs. I have three now, dogs. Now, if you had three cats, you'd be on the fence crazy. Right? I would. Yes. But like dogs, I guess are different they're, somehow. They're good. I'm very blessed. <laughs> they're very good babies. Um. But I did bring Tiny. Tiny is uh, what I call also my tuna because her breath smells like fish. Um, that makes sense. My Yeah, my tuna. But she uh, is my uh, weird, uh, like, I, I like to say 14-pound chihuahua mix, but at this point I think she's about 20 pounds, um, mostly because I rescued a cat last uh, two weeks ago, and I did not realize that I wasn't even thinking about it, but Tiny has been eating all of this kitten food, which is, like, packed rich with fat and baby nutrients. And yeah. I, like, picked her up the other day. I was like, girl... And then I also realized Tiny <laughs> broke into this little thing of wet cat food I got. It's like the foil peelback ones of like Imes or some shit. And she's been sneaking them out of the, the, the little spot I put them in where I thought they'd be fine. And ripping them open and eating them behind my couch. So I, I, in one oh weekend, in one weekend, she ate like twelve wet cat foods on top of the dog oh food my God. and spoiled fucking treats I give her. And I was like, Tuna, you are just—I'm not mad. And your cravings are your cravings, and I'll give you more if you need it. But my God, are you just more dense lately? So yeah, I brought Tuna because my other two dogs are both eighty pounds yeah. and brown and sweet and dumb. But um, <laughs> she travels the best. Um, she is she in Mel's lap a, right into now. A, into a purse a little easier. She does like yes. my lap. Um, she's a huge fan of a lap, but she also is, um, back to the thing about cats, before I had any dogs as a young adult woman, I got a Bengal cat with an ex-boyfriend. And okay. he like, I was like, let's rescue a sad cat. But we did end up getting a Bengal cat from this like crazy cat lady Bengal breeder who clearly cares so much about like the humanity and like all this stuff. But is obsessed with Bengals, and they are really interesting creatures. Are these big cats? Um, they the males are larger, so they're actually a domestic cat, um, 
typically bred with I an didn't Asian wildcat. cats cat. like lions or something. I meant like large house cats. Well, that's <laughs> in my mind. I was like, oh, a bangle. They're going to get big. But only the yeah. guys get kind of big, and they're not even giant. But the females stay like small and spicy. So <laughs> I got her with this. I had no pets in college except for this cat. And I brought her in, and she was. I got her as a kitten. And she was like the most insane, like the smartest animal I've ever met. And then I got George Michael as a puppy, and she helped me raise George Michael. She's a nine-pound, like, beautiful little leopard bitch. And I got this dumb, like, little fluffy baby boy, and she's just, like, smacking him around. And if he was doing something that she knew I did not like him doing, and she couldn't stop him herself, she'd find me, and, like, she did a certain cry. And she'd be like, And I was like, oh, no, did George Michael get into my shoes again? And we'd go... um, Deal with it, but so she, she is a tattle. Oh my god, she was like this, like <laughs> she was like a baby, a nanny or a babysitter. She wasn't even a cat. She was insane. So then I got Tiny, and Tiny and her were like the same size, but Tiny came from like this kind of like slightly abusive back, slightly very abusive background, and they this cat literally was like my lesbian girlfriend who helped me raise my dogs it was insane so they love cats they fucking love cats they like oh, respect them and now 2 weeks ago i found this like tiny 5 week old kitten and they are like walking around with nothing but respect they're like we know we cannot get too close yeah. she is small if we stepped on her she would burst and they are they are so good she could burst. oh my god but I had a so I was wondering if you were a, a like a natural cat person because like some of the com- I, like you've been posting pictures on social media. God, I'm, I know, <laughs> and, I know, I'm all over it. I, I'm not judging you, okay? It's it's, it's always fun. God, they're cute. But uh, but but people were like, oh, I'm gonna make a cat person out of you and blah 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 because you've got dogs. I was <laughs> creeped out by the amount of people that were like, are you gonna keep it? And I'm like, if I keep it, are you gonna jerk off to me having a cat? Like what? I want is you to he- have a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, what is? Going on, I was like, I don't know if I can handle a cat again. But what's great is we did, unfortunately, lose that cat. She was only three years old, and then my she, uh, uh, I was living with my brother at the time, who was amazing, and uh, he had a big fenced-in backyard, like privacy fence, and that cat, Lucy, the Bengal, Lucille Bluth. Uh, that's why it's George Michael because yeah. I'm a total <laughs> dork. But I, mean, I love it. Great I love names, Arrested right? Development. Uh, and she was the sassy drunk grandmother, and George Michael's the dumb, like <laughs> awkward. What the have done to me? Yeah, yeah. So um, we live. He lives like I'm in kind of Clintonville uh, by Riverside, and I went out of town on Easter to surprise my friend in Chicago. I had like a car full of friends. We're driving out there. But uh, Lucille would go out in the backyard, like no problems, like no issues. She'd go out there with the dogs when they would go do their business. And she was just literally like taking like inventory, like, okay, there's George Michael, there's Tiny. And my brother had dogs. She's like, Betty and Lou. So like it was this thing where she was just like on watch. She'd make sure they all like went shit and stuff and then come back inside and be like, okay, they're good. And like it was this crazy, crazy thing. So you thing. could actually wait for her to come and tell you when they were done. I li- I cannot describe <laughs> to you. Everyone's like, my cat's almost like a dog. She plays fetch with my straw, and I'm like, I don't care. Like, you're duh. Uh, that's maybe she does. But this cat was like on a different level. Like literally, my partner in crime, like just helped me have dogs because like I hadn't really had dogs since I was a dumb baby, which means nothing. But uh, so I I you know it's Easter. I'm driving out to Chicago. I see the skyline. We're listening to music. And my brother calls me. I'm like driving my shitty little Honda at the time. 
He's like, hey, what's up? Happy Easter. Uh, you got a minute? And I was like, I'm almost in Chicago with all my friends. Like, can it wait? And he's like, starts crying. And he's like, it can't oh, no. wait, Amber. And so uh, essentially I had to pull over frantically once I realized was, what was happening. Pulled over. My friends have no idea. I'm screaming bloody murder. And like, she's like my baby. Like in my mind, I was like, you're going to get old and fat and die when I'm 38. You know, like yeah. maybe. And yeah, I had to put her down over the phone. And my brother... Poor boy, fucking, he's like calming me down. And I was like telling him crazy shit. I got out of the car, I'm like in a junkyard, and I run over and I sit on a curb. And with one hand, I have the phone, and with my other hand, I'm sitting there and digging, a, unbeknownst to me, a foot deep hole with my hand, just out of anxiety. And I'm freaking out. Oh, and he's man. like, Amber, you have to do the right thing. And I go, well, what's wrong specifically? Tell me, like, what what will it cost? I'll fucking figure it out. Like, I'll, I'll do a GoFundMe. And then he's like, Amber, you have to do the right. And he's being a good brother. But it was it was this moment where I was, like, coming up with scenarios in my head. And I'm screaming at my own brother. And I was like, I will get gang banged in front of my father on camera. I don't give a fuck how much money it is. That's my uh, baby. Okay. And then he's trying. So I'm at that level. And my brother, yeah. my brother's on the other That's line. That's intense. That's in an the, intense level. Oh yeah, I'm up there. I and mean, then my brother is on the other end, where he's at the vet office. They're at the emergency place with my cat because they found her in the street because of thing, you know. And uh, they, uh, he's trying to calm me down enough that I could talk to a vet. And he never got me there, so I ended up basically on that same gangbang level. Uh, um, offer uh, where my brother's like, okay, well here is the vet. Again, please do the right thing. And yeah. I just like cussed out of it. <laughs> and oh my I was like, yeah, kill my fucking baby. And he was like, hello, is this Miss Falter? And I was like, I'm a oh, piece of no. shit. It was very interesting. No, it's, yeah, no, but, it's super emotional. Like, yeah, and it. also so left field. But like, I mean, uh, I feel very, I'm going to send that I'm guy an apology like, letter one day. <laughs> how did how did your dad feel about that proposition? <laughs> I, luck, that, hopefully, that had to be hopefully, awkward for him. Hopefully my brother never told him, because, uh, you know, I'm only so fun. But uh, but yeah, so, but now yeah, we got a new cat in the mix, you know, what up? So my brother, what an angel though, dude, like he, uh, he carried, you know, to see that and take care of it like he did. Um, it was tight, but whatever. We got a new one. Cats are everywhere, Tiny. We can get as many as we want. <laughs> She's literally looking at me and smiling. Right They're making now. more every day. Uh, do you have any pets? I uh, don't have any, but I think if I get another one, and I've been thinking about this, but I got to talk. My I have a roommate, my yes. roommate Tyson, who you met, mm -hmm. who's our engineer here at Lampshade Media. Love. Um, he is not as keen on the pit bulls as I am. But like I feel like there's a there's like a few thousand pit bulls in any given city that need to be adopted. Absolutely. And they're the most lovely animals that 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 were ever created, so For sure, dude. I I definitely would love to to uh, go adopt one, but uh you know, that's oh man, then I got responsibility. Yeah. And it's intense and I've had I've had some dogs uh but I am thinking about it because I I do like I I do just, you know, I just want to I just want to love a love a living being. It's it's <laughs> insane. I, I I um I love pit bulls. Oh my god. My brother and I he went through a divorce, the same brother I lived with, right? So after his divorce, he was like I'm buying a house, live with me. Like it's been a rough year and I was like, "Hell yeah." yeah. So he um he and I, like, it was so sweet. We had this, like, whole year after his divorce of just, like, just kind of in a weird way, like, making up for a lot of stuff we missed in childhood. Um, 
That's very sweet. It was. It was this thing where, like, he had this, like, shitty girlfriend throughout high school when, like, our mom had kind of left, and we he was very attached to her, and he had, like, a shitty girlfriend. So I feel like there was, like, young years that we should have had together that we didn't get together. Not just because of her, but because of our situation and stuff. But, like, it was this really random, like, moment of, like, we need each other. Let's do it. So he went through the divorce, moved in with him, and we would, like, go out every Friday together. Like, I couldn't do brunch with my girlfriends on Saturday because that's when we did brunch. And, like, it was so wholesome. And, like, he was always, like, we're, like, like, do you, like, is this place cool? Like, she wasn't, his ex-wife wasn't, like, uh... She was more of a suburban bitch. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Kelly, we don't miss you. Um, <laughs> oh damn! So I mean, fucking call out. I miss your family, babe, but not you. You're fine. Um, I'm proud of you and your new child or whatever. Um, but okay. Okay. no, th- she looks happy. That's it's, it. Was for the best. Um, yeah. But on that same note, thanks like, for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not mean. Um, but yeah, we had this like great relationship and like this whole thing. But when they divorced, he had a um, dog with her, and she was like, "That's my dog." But that was like his dog, you know. Like that dog loved him so much. So he's heartbroken because she's like holding that over his head sometimes. Like, well, if you can't do this, then like I'm the dog's mine forever. You'll never see the dog again. It was like this terrible custody battle, but there's no real legal thing attached to that. It's a fucking dog. So it it was a big bummer, and he was like heartbroken, missed his dog. So we yeah. like went out one night. We woke up so hungover, and I think I like woke up and like handed him a coffee or something at like fucking eight a.m. Still drunk. I was like, "Hey, wake up, motherfucker! We're going to the dog pound." <laughs> and he was like, "Okay." He's like, "We could go pet some. Dog. We're not buying, but we're looking." Yeah. And we went in there. We fell in love with this tiny fucking four month old pit bull mix, and he's the one that's on the fence. And then everyone thinks just because it's a girl and a boy that we're dating or together. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, so like if your husband likes um, dogs that might be bigger or like if they're interested. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, he does. And he's like, stop it. Please stop it. But we ended up meeting this little dog. And he's we're playing in in this little pen with it, right? And we're the Franklin County Dog Shelter. And he's just beyond himself, like smiling and like so happy. And we're still probably both drunk. But the woman walked by like, and she was like, how's it going? And I was like, Will, take her. So now he has this beautiful little blonde pit mix named Betty. And yeah, she's just like the best girl. And he's so happy. And it was like kind of his, uh, you know, replacement dog. But yeah, but it's like, you know, yeah, she's great. Luckily, there's like, there's a lot of dogs are you fine with that, by the way? Tiny is licking is, your hand. I think I'm. I'm actually <laughs> curious. Like, is she uh, trying to get my attention? Because she's like pawing at me. Um, she wants you. She wants to be pet all the time. Yeah. Um, and I but am you're like, doing constantly it. petting her. It's never enough. I'm wondering. That's if she's, a girl with does, needs. Does she like need to go out? Maybe or she is pawing a lot. Oh, <laughs> she literally just looked at you and gave you a head nod. She's okay. like, yeah, yeah. Wait. Mel, is because it? we do have her locked in this room. Oh Look at her paw at me right now. <laughs> she is this saucy little Latina tiny. I definitely think she's like from Latin uh, kind of roots. Oh, she's yeah. like, I feel like she does salsa at night but when I go to bed. Okay, wait, maybe we take her outside. Is that too much to ask? I know we're doing a podcast. We're in this basement with whiskey, but I feel like she might just need... She okay. is literally... Uh, she is... Yeah, she, it's a little... It's pretty... I mean... She's I, in his lap, cleaning his paws, and at any point that... Yeah. She he tears away to do a podcast, which he is doing. Yeah. Um, she grabs his fucking hand with her hillbilly claws, and I swear I'm gonna get her um, groomed soon. She's All right, a, well, 
we only have so much time, so like, yeah. can we just like do the interview while we're taking it for a walk? I mean, if you have the gear, we got the time, baby. And I got whiskey. She's being a sauce pants. Let's go watch. Let's go watch <laughs> her right, sniff things. This. Hell let's, yeah! Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> I'm so excited. Hi, Tuna. Here, let's get your leash, idiot. All right, you lead the way, little bitch. Come, come. <laughs> it's upstairs. Come on. You know how to go outside. We're in the basement. Tiny's acting like she's owned this house for 30 years. Well, <laughs> she... yeah, she's gotten laid the land, I think. She goes, and if you will follow me upstairs, I'm I'll take you to the door. Hell yeah. Leash your dogs and adopt. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we're going to take a walk. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, she's already leading the way. How long have you lived here? I've lived here about a year. Hell yeah. I, I've never walked a dog in this neighborhood, but I think really? we should go right. You don't want to go onto the freeway? <laughs> if we go to the left, we can get on the freeway. <laughs> I can, uh, yeah, I can totally hear 315 from oh here. Oh my God. So long story short, um, I told Mel a while ago that I had a dream that I would do a podcast where I could walk my dogs. And we're doing it, and I can't stop smiling. <laughs> And it's been 20 seconds. If you guys are here for content, you're not going to get it. I'm just going to smile into a microphone if that is audible I, at all. Yeah, Lampshade Media exists to make your oh dreams come true. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tuna's loving it. Again, acting like she's lived in this neighborhood since her children were born 40 years ago. Oh, my God. I'm so hyped right now. Um, so... What oh, yeah, up? We're some social we media. are doing a podcast <laughs> when we're walking my dog. <laughs> I don't know any neighbors around here. This is not is a neighborly neighborhood. This is like a renter neighborhood. Right. Like, a lot this of is duplexes. Like, if, yeah, there's a lot of duplexes, a lot of apartments. Yeah. It's close enough to the city. And I'll tell you what's special about my neighborhood, Amber, is that ethnic food is the fucking bomb in this neighborhood. Oh, yeah? What's your fave? Uh, like, there's like three or four Korean joints around here that are killer. There's oh, a couple yes. Indian joints. And there's like the best sushi place in town. Which one? Uh, Akihana. Yeah. Right, right across the street from You know how much hot sake I've learned to drink there? Oh, yeah. I think they like misheard me once and brought me hot sake and then I've just been like, I'm probably saying it wrong Ever too. Since. Yeah, and I just go in there and I like black out with a warm stomach it's so weird it's like a <laughs> they're like you didn't really eat anything i'm like Wee! i feel like they i feel like on my tab they should just put an uber they should just know to like be like in a 14 uber back to your house you fucking idiot yeah well from my house it would only be like a dollar it's like like we would just walk like if like we were like, just right. like hey i want some sushi i'm gonna just walk. oh my god have you been to jutai Oh. Bethel. Yes. Oh. Uh, yes. Girl. You know I saw last time I went there, actually? Who? Uh, Vinny. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I rolled in there randomly. Oh, my God. And he was there with somebody. And really? Like, it was so, yeah, it was so funny. Like, that, I seeing Vinny. It's funny because I live on, like, more of the South End, German village e area. Yeah. Everyone, so I joke that everyone Listeners that lives in... I don't know who Vinny is, but he is in Montezuma. Yes. And he works at Land Grant, and he's a fucking badass. He's very talented. We went to college together, and he would pick me up on Fridays before our lab and we would make um we put jameson in our coffees and then when we got to class i'd still make him do all the work and i would just <laughs> we would just like literally friday morning like buzzed in class we're terrible students he actually graduated i dropped out Aww. did you go to college 
I no, I never went to college because I never knew what I wanted to do with my life. Well, that's how it should be. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna pay them money if I don't actually know what I want out of it. God, for like, real. If I knew I wanted to be a doctor, nurse, uh, lawyer, you know, whatever. Sure. I'd be like, oh, there's a there's a reason to go to college. Right. That makes sense. I need that piece of paper. That would help. Where'd you go to high school? Uh oh. <gasps> All right, she's making a, she's making a, a brown situation. between two white cars. Tiny is, she's oh. made it's such a small poop. It is, but a we'll be tiny back for poop. it. Like, She'll be back for it. I think like, I mean, it's if just, you could describe it. Oh, tiny, don't are you tough? Just, no, it's kind of okay. it's kind of arrow shaped. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> do you have any? She's on she this? she made two piles, um, probably two feet from each other. The first one looks like a normal brown. And now she's growling at another dog. Um, the second one looks like she went out for tacos the night before. A little bit more yellow than the first pile, if I may say. This is, this is good radio. Amber. This is yeah. Aren't you guys? Are you guys into this? You want me to describe this dog shit more? Also, if I had a small coin purse, it would fit in there easily. Yes. Um, and not a big one at all. Tina, or we are going to be good civilians, and before we leave, we will pick up your poop. Yeah. How do you feel about that? You want to take it home, put it in bed, <laughs> or something? <laughs> She's like, oh I don't my give god, a fuck what you do with it? Oh, this is it. a beautiful night, by the way. What if it was raining? Oh, this is yeah. so. It's literally clear skies. Couple beautiful little sunset clouds. Walking Come on, the Tina. It's never much fun in the rain. All my dogs hate it. They're yeah. pussies. My two 80-pound dogs, like, if a raindrop h- hits their face, they close their eyes and run inside. <laughs> sorry, at this point, sorry. It's kind of interesting to narrate what Tiny is doing and also do an interview. It is. Uh, <laughs> so just thinking about your podcast concept. So, <laughs> no, th- I mean, that's kind of the point to me is, like, make it, make it um, as ADD as I am. Exactly. Like, anything that comes about or that happens this is... is I, like, um, I like to set meetings where I cook food for people while we're having the meeting. <laughs> yes. Because I'm ADD as fuck. Oh, abs- oh my so, God, like, my queen. Cook yes. while I'm talking to people, yeah. then I like, can Plenty to point. do with your hands. Yes. Yeah. Because in my mind, with like walking a dog and doing a podcast, the idea would be you get distracted and there's a le- like maybe they're really boring yeah. and then my dog takes a weird shit that looks like uh, di- uh i don't know uh, some bad stuff and then you can talk about it why not live exactly. your goddamn life and it wasn't like it wasn't a bad shit like it was like a i, I feel like it she was, got it out i don't want to like diss on tiny's like you know <laughs> am i talking too situation. close to the microphone no you're totally fine sweet cool you got this all set up this is literally why, my dream it's coming true what is it with like with fucking comedians and anxiety Oh God! Like, like we're talking about like the I, fact that we like, are like, like have dis- disabling ADD. Yeah. And shit like that. Oh, like, it's so man. Um, ugh. I mean, I feel like the reason I got on stage was because of a lot of anxiety and like creative kind of buildup and stuff. But um, I don't, I don't know. I feel like everyone I know has like some sort of like depression or sadness going on you mean everyone it, you know in the in the, in the scene, scene yeah and it, it kind of has become this thing where i don't know it, it is a platform and it, it's healing for me like if i don't perform for a couple weeks yeah. it's real rough uh, hello neighbors hi we're recording a podcast while walking a dog isn't this phenomenal heck yeah <laughs> you guys look great have a great night <laughs> they look like future listeners yeah yeah <laughs> um no, I was just talking to I was just talking to Doug last week. Yeah, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, and obviously, you know, he named the the podcast Panic Attack because he didn't like my name. Yeah. So, what was your name? Uh, well, my name was Chucklefucks. <laughs> okay, got it. 
Okay, but here's my thing. When I turn on a podcast, it's because I have panic attacks and anxiety all the time. So if I see, I'm kind of triggered if I see that name, okay. like right, 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 like right up top. Okay. Like it needs to be something soothing. Like a soothing right. okay, name. So you want to be reminded of your panic attack. Yeah, like I'm probably turning on a silly podcast because I'm having a panic attack, or I'm well, alone, or I'm freaking out. So I'm, it has to be something like nice and like that everybody likes and that calms everyone down. Are you? I mean, are you suggesting that I should should change the name again? Absolutely. I didn't ever think you should stick with the panic attack name. I saw you, you send that in the email, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a fucking panic attack thinking about what am I supposed to do? Come on the podcast and have a panic attack in front of you? You should have been in my house yeah. last night. I feel like, like what? I should have <laughs> thought of that actually. Yeah, Doug, I love you. Brilliant, creative. One of the best writers I've ever met. Actually, a total inspo to even starting comedy for me. But like, baby, please, like, if you're gonna, okay, what do you think about like? More soothing shit, like I don't. I'm thinking of like massages and like calm, calm breezes, and like maybe it's called like a uh, bathtub rim job. I don't know, like <laughs> something everybody enjoys. Mel, is that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, <laughs> Will that <please>. do? <laughs> Name me one person who does not like. Bathtub rim jobs, dude. You can't. Cause here's the thing: if you don't like a bathtub, I get it. Cause they give you yeast infection, ladies. I'm listening. Okay, I get one like once a year. Cause I take a dirty bath. It's on me. I should know better. Is this She's in my bath. You don't change the water between baths. Is no, problem, it's because my bathtub gets I'm full a male, of scum. So I'm like a problem solver, you know. I'm trying to figure out uh, No, it's so <laughs> if you don't like a bath, I get it. But maybe you love a rim job. <laughs> so a rim so job makes the bathtub. Either either bathtub. way, if they don't like a bathtub, they probably like a rim job. If they don't like a rim job, they might like a bath. But but maybe they like both, and then they're gonna be listeners forever, Mel. I don't know. I'm just trying to help you. Okay, like, I'm just you know, worried. Like, I'm honestly like super indecisive. <laughs> and well, keep really asking, insecure. but like I think it's a great but, name. But like you think, Lampshade Media presents bathtub rim job. Bathtub rim job with Mel. Yes. With Mel. Duh. Lemon. Duh. Okay. I mean, and like, ask around, like what, but I think I'm kind of killing want. it. Ha- I mean, if they don't want a rim job or a bath, then they need <laughs> they need a shower and they need to be better at jerking off. I don't okay. know. Well, you know what? Here's the thing: is like, I'm not I'm not clever and witty. I like think you're you. super like, clever. But like, it just so happens that I'm like talking to super clever and witty people like yourself. Sure. And <laughs> if you can't name my podcast, like, who the who fuck, fuck can? can? Is it Tiny? Tiny. What would you tiny. name this podcast? If Tiny... She's all about tiny shits. Like, yeah. She doesn't know tiny. about podcast Tiny names. is, again, very, like, Latina in nature. She's very tiny. She's very spicy. She's very saucy. I feel like if she had a name for a podcast, it'd be called, like, Peppertoni Pizza or something stupid. She loves... <laughs> I don't know, dude. Oh, this bitch ate so much cat food. <laughs> so she needs she needs this walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, and then left again. <laughs> double left. Loop around. So how long are your podcasts supposed to be, Mel? <laughs> as long as we are entertaining. Yay! <laughs> That's where editing comes in. Exactly. Come on, Tina. Dude, this is a beautiful night. Tiny is like in a whole new neighborhood. She is like having the time of her life. She she is because usually if I'm outside with her, I'm with two other 80-pound dogs that she feels like she's the mother of. Yeah. And she just can't relax. This is Tuna's day off. Good job, Tuna. So, 
I, it, something awkward, and you can tell me where Call the her. line is on this issue. Let's go. Awkward issues. I mean, now that the podcast is called Bathtub Rim Job, I feel like there mm-hmm. is no line. Nope. <laughs> not not with me here. If you have a line, draw so, it for for me. I need so to know. You posted this picture on, on on the interwebs, right? Yes. And you drew out, you called out the uh, fact that you have more armpit hair than your uncle. Yes. Oh, my uncle. So like, this <laughs> thing. come on, tiny. She's making another pee. Are like, like is this like is this the like like it feels like men are like just getting used to this, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna have women have armpit hair. Yeah, they have hair in other parts of their bodies too. They do. Yeah. And there's I don't. <laughs> so to this my is, this is a total fucking thing, right? And I've like actually like in my own life because I'm a, I'm older than you. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm an elder millennial. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I've, I've like had to learn like oh yeah, women have body hair. And I have to shave my face once in a while, but luckily I rock a beard so I can get away with it. And you rock a great beard. Um, If I had to shave my fucking legs every day, I wouldn't be rocking that shit. No, dude. Wearing pants like a motherfucker. It becomes this thing where, (laughs) no, for sure. Like, well, for me, I was um, was just in a really rough spot. There was all these things going on in terms of the progressive movement, in terms of just women um, getting any fucking respect. And um, I just like... I was like, why do I do this? Because when I do it, it irritates my armpits. It yeah. hurts. I get like blisters and it's like blood. My own arms, the things you use all the fucking time yeah. for most fucking things hurt and it was uncomfortable. And then it got to the point where once I, I was like, well, I'll just try it out. I'm just going to let it go. And I did it. And then a person I was dating at the time was like, all right, didn't you prove your point? Oh shit! And I was like, I'm sorry. Or am I still not? Am I? Am I now unattractive to you? Like, I feel comfortable for once, and like, I haven't had to use deodorant since, because really, your armpit hair kind of acts as a natural. So my armpit hair, like not, whatever, right, right, right. Because you just but glow and you don't sweat. Everyone's different, but like, but it is this like thing that I've read that like. If you have armpit hair, it helps kind of get rid of that natural, what would people would call BO. And I do not, I mean, it takes me, I, I get there, girl, but like if a couple <laughs> bartenders share some, I'm like, okay, now we take a wilder to our armpit, like, you know, like, yeah. but it, 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 I don't know, like it, it was something that, it was just kind of eye-opening for myself and it was something yeah. I got to try, but like, well, like even growing up, like, like a sex, like, uh, like a sexually appealing thing to have like bare armpits, right? Like what is the deal? What there? is the deal? So like, actually this exactly became, now we are tang. Oh, we did it. Um, it's so like dance. it is. So walking we're, we're walking dog. tiny. We are connected to a, uh, recorder and we both have our own microphones, but, yeah. um, we tiny does what she wants and we just <laughs> listen. So we keep getting tangled and people are watching us just dance through the streets together, but it's kind of nice. The sun's going down. We're really putting on a show. We should have a tip bucket. We look great. We should because people uh, <laughs> a lot. Yes. No, but it's one of these things where his reaction to it made me like so angry. And then I ended up eventually on my own will of course shaving my armpits again and I felt that uncomfortability and I kind of missed it and I was like that's my fucking body dude like I was like I'm born with that like why am I why am I rushing to get rid of that like oh my god and like it was just this really interesting eye-opening thing for me personally that I mean if you prefer to not have it then don't fucking have it it's your fucking like do what you want to do um whatever makes you yeah i remember there was somebody who came up to me after one of my growling gremlin shows and they were like they're so nice to me and they come to a lot of stuff and 
they while I was like saying goodbye to my people and my audience, they walked up and like kind of um, bellowed out like, hey, like you're pretty. Why do you have armpit hair? And I was like, am I not pretty because I have hair in my armpits that I'm fucking born with? Yeah. I was born with armpit hair, Mel. Yeah. I came out of the womb. I didn't have any on my head, but all my armpits. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> can you believe it? I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't, actually. Well, that's my mean. mother. <laughs> she's dead. She, you, she's no use. But um, <laughs> well, It's dark. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Doug would have loved it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's just like, it's not... I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know. I fucking, I fucking love it. And I do have more than my uncle. I saw him yesterday morning in a fucking tank top in his garden. Yeah, well, he's probably shaving his, though. He might be. Oh, my God. Or his armpits are balding. I don't know what happens when you're I 65. Like, I don't think this is Hi. the line. Like, but, dog, dog, but, dog. Well, do you guys hear that dog? Who's a cute dog? Podcast really dogs. Excited. Just for the, for the record, podcast listeners, that is not tiny. She's being a beautiful girl. She's doing her sniffs, and that is yeah. a... Some some sort of schnoodling dude in a window a, yeah, who a, goes, I don't like anybody. Much a much a little white schnood. <laughs> My boyfriend and I have a fake fake categories for dogs that aren't just breeds. Oh yeah. So Tiny is a small pepper. Tiny, come on. Because <laughs> she is like has some black and white. Come on, Tina. Um, she's a small pepper. Any kind of like golden retriever would be a snooping blondie. You know, just like the easy stuff. And then any schnoodle mix or like poodle thing is a schnoodling dude or what, what not, okay. what have you. There's a whole uh, a little bit more pretentious animals. They, I mean, they're they're every dog, but it's a better way to categorize them for our I've heard our time. Are actually pretty tough. What poodles? Yeah, I've heard they they're pretty tough. Kind of freak me out because they look like they all just got a perm, and that they also are smarter than me. Well, Tiny, I come! Feel like they get these. Started screaming in the mic. I feel like they get these pretentious haircuts, but that's their owners. Right, right, it's right. It's kind of like uh, you with your haircuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these poodles are like, this is not my haircut. They're like, I, I was no born choice. with thick, gorgeous curls. Yeah. Yeah. They were everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Hair. Thick. Thick. Oh, look. Everywhere. Tiny has just now found. It's her favorite oh, thing. Oh, another pile. Um, yeah. She found a big pile of dog poop yeah. a second ago. Like not as, not nearly as cute as her. Shape. No, it's uh, it's actually big and dark and dense. Yeah, it's very dark but and dense. it's tiny whenever. It reminds right. me of, a uh, what's that movie? Um, uh, Joe Dirt. When he finds that big turd, like that's how she looks at bigger dogs' poops. Like, She'll oh, find them and she's possible? she wants to put it in a wagon and she wants to be like, Isn't this a beautiful asteroid? And I go, Tiny, no, that is a shit from a Great Dane. But she doesn't know and well, you know how could she possibly <laughs> understand that a Great Dane is a dog, right? Oh my god, I don't know. I don't know what she would do. Um, one fun thing about Tiny is after a good walk. And if there was a larger dog in the house, um, she would probably fuck its neck. She gets so horny after a good walk, dude. Oh, really? Oh, my God. She goes home. We come home from a good walk. No, um, it's really, you know, she doesn't. Not, so I have the not two. Humper. No, not, not maybe not really. No, she does get like jazzed. And George Michael is one of my two 80-pound brown dogs, and she kind of only humps his head. I don't know what she's. It's like she's like, this is my bitch, and like he sits there and he takes it and he chews on his toy or his bone. And it's George just, Michael is nonplussed, but just like having it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm here it for is, it, but whatever. It is so funny. 
and interesting. And like everyone's like, oh, she's a humper. I'm like, no, she humps nothing else. But George Michael knows after a good walk, Tiny's going to come on his neck. And it's just really intimate. And it's something that some brothers and sisters apparently do. I didn't know until I found her. But Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, also, this is my shitty Ford Focus. Doesn't it look like a scab fell off a giant? You know what? Like, it's I like wouldn't a, have, uh, I wouldn't come out that <laughs> on my own, but like, I'll be damned if you're not right. I'm so right. It's it, it was free, okay? It was free. It's a stick shift, and I oh, love her. I love stick shift. Oh, like I just got a new truck. Is it? Is that a stick shift? Oh, hello, car. We're crossing the road. I've, We're gonna I've get been back. Been driving a stick shift for oh, probably 20 years. Damn, I. I that's my first one. It's magical. It's it, it. Doesn't it make you feel powerful? It makes you feel like I could beat. Everybody that drives a race car. It's like, I feel like you're so in control. And it's it's great. Okay, Tiny. We've made it back. We have made a full round. This has been a glorious experiment in podcasting. It has. Thank you. I cannot believe you made this happen. I'm hyped. I think it's a thing. Yay. Good job, Tiny. She's like, all right, where's George Michael? I need to come. Yeah. Come on to the basement, baby. It's going back down here. Does this make sense? Oh, sorry. Did I, I run? stepped on Tiny, but oh. she's really responsible, so I would never do such a thing. No, no, no. Let her have it. She's fine. She's tough. She's gone through Oh, hell. my gosh. I just realized oh I, I forgot God. to stop recording on the, uh, oh. on the other system, so it's still going. Still going. That's where <laughs> editing happens, Tiny. And yeah. Back. You know what we need, Amber? Yeah. Hi, what's that? Well, actually, you don't. I, I have I plenty of whiskey. I need more whiskey. Do you need an ice cube from your beautiful uh, fridge? No. You're just going to go. I do love these beautiful big ice cubes. Like, I, I will tell you what. Like, we got to get our headphones on. Yeah. So and then can... I'm going to want to close that door so Tiny doesn't run away and wake up Tyson. Oops. Tiny, how was that walk? Dude, she's so happy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good girl. Come here. Sit with me. Come here, bitch. <laughs> She's like, I like Mel's lap. He gives in more and pets me more. Come here, baby. Oh yeah, because you know I've missed my dogs for a yeah for a while. Lost yeah. the dogs in the divorce. So no oh, tears, cheers. For a great walk and a great potting cast. That was a great walk. Oh my god. We got a we got a good good times, and we I think we made some new fans out there. Yeah, there was a um the people we said hi to um was a pair, was definitely like a young mother and. Young father with their like toddler. <laughs> yeah, and the toddler was on the on the trunk of the car, and they were like just hanging out. They were just having a good time, and they they smiled and they waved, and they probably think we're pretty cool. I think so. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I've I've been curious about this is a thing I'm always curious about with comedians. Okay, I'm gonna a little bit of a subject change, but like writing. Okay, like I I I, I like to think that I'm a funny person, but the concept of writing is terrifying to me for some reason. So like, I one of the one of the jokes that I that that you've that I've heard a couple of times like one one of your jokes that I think is fucking hilarious is this story and it's like more of a storyteller style mm-hmm. where you're at a you're at a festival. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you're what is it? You're on acid maybe. So is this is this like is this all like true? Like is this like like complete like are you just like retelling this story or are you like tweaking it and i'm the only thing I, I, I think it's fair either way by the way thank you no i am um, so initially what i did was i went to a music festival and out of social anxiety i shit in my own hand 
which sounds insane because it is. It's fucking. It's fucking crazy. No, it's super insane. But it like, is. You know, that's fair. So the way I tell it, when I realized that, I was like, well, I know I did this out of like, yeah, I had been drinking and I had some weed. I have never taken acid or done mushrooms. Okay. <laughs> so did you did you add in the acid part? Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, this is some great inside baseball. So in my mind, like what I wanted to convey with that joke was like from my perspective of like somebody who actually like, yeah, I seem social and about and whatever and like able to speak to people, but I'm also a bartender. And so when I'm doing comedy and I'm bartending all the time, I'm so exhausting my resources of energy socially. And when it comes down to me telling that story, when I first started talking about it, I wasn't. It, it's hard to convey to people that don't understand those kind of things. Excuse me, I'm burping because coarse light. Um, that to be like, yeah, dude, I was so um, stressed out socially in such a bad place mentally that I decided that shitting in my own hand was the best viable option. So, but I, I'm like, okay, music festivals, drugs, people do dr- So, in my mind, like, and it's more relatable that way. So, it is still my story, and it is still the truth, but yeah. what I did to get there is a little bit different so other people can relate. Everyone can relate, even if there's somebody who doesn't well, take s- drugs, but like- Your stories are super relatable, I feel like. I hope so, because at the same time, I'm one of those people, I mean, everybody's afraid to like, of that thing where I'm not the only person that's ever thought of that. And that's the scariest yeah. thing as a writer. But like it, I I try so hard to be like, what is that specific fucking crazy thing I've gone through or done? That is me. It's so me that if anybody else said it, it's it's absolutely just mine. Like it, yeah. that sounds like really possessive and weird. But like at the same time, I I want to be so myself. But at the same time, open those doors and those avenues to be like, you in your own way did this somehow somewhere at a different time. Yeah. And maybe with different variables, but for me, I just really want people to know, like, you are not alone, and people act in mysterious, crazy ways yeah. in different situations, and here's how I did mine. This is like So so with that story, like, I, I've struggled with it, and it's funny because people know me really well for that story and for that joke, I guess, and it is more of a storytelling vibe, and it is a longer joke, but I'm proud of it, but I'm it's still my, like, problem child. I still look at that joke like it's trash. Oh, really? I don't know what it is. Even I, though you keep telling it. Even though I keep telling it, I keep telling it because people know it, and it's like it's a good, it has a good vibe, and the the beats are okay, and they kind of pop, pop, and the, the, there's like some things going through it, but like it's something that like I feel like I need to schedule a day and sit down with her one more time and we need to talk about our issues like i love it wait who's her this joke okay like, i just need to like be like okay girl it's me and you we got 24 hours and we're gonna figure it out because i i understand that it gets people's attention i understand that people relate to it i understand that it is a lot of me and who i am and it is a specific story about me and what happened that day but i I, it deserves more. Like I, yeah. I feel like I'm not being a good mother to this joke. Like that, I, I love that it insecurity so much. Is super interesting, because that joke in and of itself is so vulnerable. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that you're insecure about about that joke because it may not be good enough is interesting. Just because that joke in itself, in and of itself, I think people would just assume naturally because everybody wants every joke they hear to be true. Yeah, I feel like that's like some kind of comedy rule, right? 
Like we're telling sure. these jokes and like everyone's going to assume they're true. Like everyone thinks Larry the Cable Guy is actually that character, right? Or right. whatever. You know, I, I don't know why I thought of him. Like it's an easy first call. But yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're thinking of a character. <laughs> yeah. Like the only the only exception to that rule is Wonder Dog is actually Wonder Dog. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. He's the most honest uh, comedian that's ever existed. He helps me be more honest. And he, he, even when I first started, like just another callback to him, like the stuff that I was telling when I first started was very much dark and terrible and true. And it was literally nothing but the truth. Um, And he saw that and he was like, you keep doing that. Like, Keep going with that. Yeah. So when I first started, I my first five minutes I ever had was literally all jokes about my growing up with my mother who, who was an addict and her passing away. And Doug mm. was like, you're on to something and you are funny and that is real and that's something to be very proud of. And like in my mind, like it was really scary and like different and I didn't want to dip my toe in that shit but like that's why I got on stages after she passed away my mom passed away I dropped out of Ohio State because I had this creative energy in me and I was freaking out and I wasn't feeling good and I wasn't happy and I told my dad that I would go back to college once comedy pittered out and it hasn't yet so now my dad and my stepmom introduced me as a comedian and not a bartender and it's really uh. it's really sweet but yeah back to Wonder Dog just fucking Angel, the like he well, just the yeah no he's obviously like great and he's so encouraging to the to to uh, newcomers just his people like like Always. not his, I, I shouldn't say his people I mean everyone is his people yeah you know unless you do something stupid and then he he will like fucking get you <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no like the I don't know like comedy is like so interesting to me because comedy is like uh, I feel like 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 comedians are somebody. That, are, are people that have a thing they need to say, right? And it's something that other people need to hear, and 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 you fucking know it. You know that people need to hear that, right? You know, like even though it, like it's ridiculous sometimes, like the idea that you would be in a situation where it seems reasonable to shit in your hand instead <laughs> of like uh, any other option. Like we have all been in that situation, right? We have yeah. all been in this. Like, oh, I'm so fucking in my head, and I'm so worried about what people will think, and I'm so worried about this, and I'm so worried about that, and yeah. this is obviously the only solution. <laughs> and like, you know, in your mind is just going a million miles a minute and nothing makes sense except for that one idea that that for whatever reason gets stuck in your craw right right so like when i hear you tell that joke i'm like yeah i get that yeah and i'm glad glad. (laughs) she's got the brass to fucking say it because like otherwise you know i might not be able to have that insight right so thanks well that's kind of like it seems like such a cop-out joke for me but like in that moment, it really was more about my anxiety, like and yeah. just like that general like the depression joke that a, I live in. It's not a poop joke, right? It's an anxiety joke, right? Yeah. No, really. And I wish people would like hear that, but like, so kind of back to that, like, what works in that moment and how you can like tell the audience that they're not alone. So that's kind of where stand up for choice comes in for me, which is my quarterly show that I accidentally started. Um, just over three years ago, yeah. Um, I started it um, at Ace of Cups, and it was my first show I ever put together, hosted, and produced. And the fact that Ace of Cups let me have that platform was insane. So I was trying to raise money for my friends who work at Women Have Options Ohio, um, and they do this 
amazing groundbreaking work in terms of like women and their reproductive health and um, abortion access kind of like bringing that to the community and like doing volunteering and organizing. They're insane. So that was my first show I ever hosted. And I booked all these comedians that are established and amazing. So Pat Daring stepped in after that show. I booked him that evening and he pulled me aside and he was like, do you understand like how great that was? And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm sorry, but you're very funny. And he was like, we're going to keep doing this. So because of Pat Daring, that show is now this insane quarterly show we do all the time. And what has happened unintentionally without us even asking for it is the audience is a group of these people who are like I don't know how to laugh about being a woman in this state with all these terrible things happening and I don't know how to help and like I I know that there's organizations I can work with and help out with and donate to but like how do I fucking like how do I laugh about this anymore how do I laugh again you know so that show has become this thing where the audience is this open, beautiful vessel who is just standing there and crying and they're laughing and I could lose my shit over it every fucking day. I think about it. I'm so grateful for those people and Ace of Cups and Pat Deering and uh, Women Have Options and Nayra Pro Choice. Like yeah. they are insane, um, hardworking people that we get to partner with each quarter. But also, what happens is I I realized the audience was great from the start and it was a safe space, but then the comedians, of course, picked up on that. So now every performer, they go up there, and they say shit on that stage, Mel, that they wouldn't be able to say it like an open mic at fucking in Dublin, you know? Like, they go up there, and they talk about their first abortion. They go up there, and they talk about their, they make some sort of, like, somehow they bring light to a miscarriage they had, or, like, a terrible, like, sexual trauma, and they do it with, like, style and grace, and then the audience is, like, crying and laughing, and, like, everyone's hugging each other at the end of the show, and, like, that's where I'm, like, that's where I've seen comedy and audiences, like, overlap and relate in the way I've never, like, expected. Like, I was, like, oh, look, look, it helps me. Like, I like to get up there and talk about my mother or, like, other things I've gone through, but then to see these comics on these like crazy deep levels just then they get off stage and they like look at me and Pat they go oh my god thank you I've never told that story and we're just like holy shit like we didn't wow I'm I'm so glad you did and everyone fucking loved it and you are absolutely allowed to say that anywhere like in the fact that like it the fact that it seems like such a beautiful diamond in the rough, but I was like, at the same time, I'm like, that should be everywhere. Like this, and that's what kind of even further made me realize the distance between like the general public and like what people. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It, it was. It's stand up a choice has really helped me, um, just kind of see what comedy can do for an audience and the people that get so, so connected and feel so. Um, uh, involved and accepted and normal. Like, yeah. I want everyone to be like, I, yeah, that's fucking normal. Yeah, this fucking happens. Look, someone's on stage with a microphone. And they're talking about this terrible thing that also might have happened to you. You're mm-hmm. not alone. And that just, like, that's the best fucking feeling and the worst feeling sometimes when it's, like, a bad thing. But, like, it it is very, like, why these, is yeah, this these are so... Times. Yeah, and it, it just kind of comes down to that, like, why is this so taboo? That's such bullshit. Like we need to have these conversations and yep. like that's that's where stand up for choice makes me so 
oh, goddamn happy. Ace of Cups, I love you. <laughs> like, I feel oh. like I'm going to be praising every uh, comedian that I talk to about oh. <laughs> uh, this issue of bringing to light issues that people need to talk about. I think the fact that that comedy the the like one of the fundamental things about comedy is 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 awkwardness and dealing with it right like yeah. like subverting expectations is the right. is the is the you know everyone's like i'm a weird guy right? i have a hard time yeah <laughs> so but yeah these issues that people are afraid to talk about that's where comedians like can make people comfortable like Stuart huff we were talking about earlier he is able to come off with this conservative affectation and talk about gun control with people that are gun nuts you know and and i you know i used to be a gun nut like i get i totally got that like when he was talking about the second amendment and stuff it was genius it was like oh you make sense and you're speaking to me in a way that that i can understand because you've got that heart so like when you're talking to people like you're using your experience and you're able to reach people that have that experience but you're also able to like disarm it right yeah because we're just having fun and we're learning about each other right it's you know? it's, it's it's i feel like comedians have this like special power if they do it correctly to like talk about those crazy things like gun control and this stuff and like boil it down to like why we all feel the way yeah right right oh my god like yeah to boil it down in a way that's like if you look at the literal root of this all and when you get people in the even as an audience member in any comedy show i think you're like a vulnerable person and you're willing to sit there and listen for the most part except for terrible assholes that scream and to kick them out but like if you're willing to sit there and like listen and be there like that's fucking dope, but at the same time, like, they, they're they grown adults, ideally, that are at a show, and they have to listen, and when you have to listen and, like, hear everyone's side of the story or the, even other people's side of the story, like, it's kind of a beautiful fucking thing to, like, to be like, oh, yeah. I've never thought of it that way. And, like, even now, like, I watch a lot of, like, I don't know, I, I love watching, like, of course, comedy and stuff, and just, like, I, I don't even know if I... I don't know. I, I sit there and I watch like five minute Conan sets all the time on like YouTube. I just fucking <laughs> get high and I blast through like 80 of them. I'm like, yeah, it's a good fucking set, dude. Like, but like they're in five <laughs> minutes. Five. No, but in that tight five, they they say something about like there's so many good sets that where they say something about profound. They're like about themselves. Like, here's who I am and where I grew up and what I'm about. And you're like, okay, so I'm getting that vibe. And then somewhere in five minutes, they sneak in this beautifully well-phrased thing about what they believe in and then get a fucking, like, applause break from Conan or late night. Like, it's, like, the coolest thing. And I'm just like, oh, God. Like, I mean, that's... I feel like that's a goal for any comedian, obviously, is to, like, boil down, like... Like, if you could just describe yourself in comedy as a comedian in five fucking minutes like how would you do it and that's why i watch those sets and i watch them like a fucking like nerd i just like over and over i watch it i've seen like so many of them over and over again but it's interesting to be like okay i know myself i've done 20 30 minutes multiple times but that's like easy like almost like for me i'm just like you like talk and you riff and you you have your jokes and you put them between and then you ready for the one hour yeah, yeah, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Let's not get cocky. That'd be, oh my God. I, I, I've done 30, uh, probably 10 times. Okay. And one time I was like, that was okay. Oh, wow. I mean, I was proud of myself the other times, but the one time I was like, 
eh, it was a decent 30. But I don't know. But like even just like just being like just telling people who you are and still allowing them to relate to you in five minutes is like the most fun. I can't even imagine. Like that's brilliant. That's fucking great. Like yeah. I do five minute sets, but like holy shit. Like can you taking that on Conan? I don't want no way. Like I am, I'm shit. Like yeah. I have nothing. Like I don't know. Like it's, it's a really fascinating well, like, art, science, and math to me. It is. It is fascinating to me. Like when I, I've been checking out open mics and stuff, and like, so I've known about like uh, the, uh, I've known the 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 Columbus comedy scene is pretty amazing, but I I didn't realize how vast it was until recently. And 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 doing an open mic, or I'm sorry, doing a, a local Columbus, Ohio comedy show was on on my short list it was like hey there's something happening here and i'm like and I, and I don't know enough about it and like i need to know more obviously i know i know you and wonder doug and and, yeah. and dustin and angie healy and uh, brooke cardis is killing it and like yes. you know travis hosher has always been there love <laughs> i love him so much yeah. he gave me platforms i did not deserve oh wow way he before i was ready and I think the most flattering thing, I'm sorry to interrupt you, was a long time ago, again, very new, all these things, he invited me to a show out in his like hometown. Sydney, yeah. And he was like, we do this barn show, it's fucking cool, babe, like, come out. He's like, you'll do 10 minutes, and I was like, I was so new, I didn't really even have 10 minutes, okay? Like, that's a, that's a normal thing, like, you're used to doing open mics and asking to be on shows and all that. Sorry, Tenny, I smacked you in the face with my... Arm, arm wailing but um he invited me out i bombed i ate a whole dick and then had to stay the night with his family drink all night with his friends his, everyone he's ever known and the whole time i was like travis i'm real sorry and um so that was and then i, I remember at one point like i watched him him and his dad play guitar and was like childhood basement it was the most gorgeous night but i felt That's so beautiful. bad the whole time because i was like i don't deserve to be here I'm not funny enough. I'm not good enough. Fuck me. I can't believe mm -hmm. I even let him have me here. I should have been like, no, I, I'm not allowed. But I was so excited and I was so flattered by the invite. And then, like, a month ago, I had him on the Growling Gremlin. And he sent was me... was that show? He sent me a fucking Facebook message. And he was just, like, so sweet. And he wrote... He's like, Amber oh my God, I can't thank you enough. It's like, you know, I don't do comedy a lot anymore, but I can't tell you how much it meant to me to like be in a great room where everyone's like actually clapping and applauding me at the end of my set. And he's like, I felt like a fucking comedian again. And I was just like, like tears in my oh, eyes. Cause I was beautiful. like, in my mind, I was like, you did this for me. And like, you gave me more confidence. Yeah. And like, I, oh my God, it was just so sweet. I was like, wait, Travis, he was sure is like, to me, I'm still like, yeah, stargazing at his ass, like, oh, that's Travis Hayward. He's the coolest babe. Like, and then I do feel nervous around him sometimes. He's just so fun and so cool. <laughs> and oh my god, oh, he's Catherine so like easygoing. That it, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but it it felt really good. I was like, that was a weird moment where I had to force myself to recognize that I have made moves and I have made progress yeah. and I am a comedian in Columbus and I do have some pretty fucking cool shows and like yeah, but like you do. to have that to have that message from him like I was just like you don't know what that means to me dude like yeah. I'm so glad you felt so good on that stage and you fucking he did he fucking rocked it you were there and like and yeah. he's he's one of those guys that are that are encouraging the you know the the next class and stuff yes. like he knows like like 
where he's at in the scene and like he's like built a lot of the Columbus comedy scene. Absolutely. Truthfully. And he's not he's not like unaware. Yeah. It was yeah. it was it was a really sweet um it was a really sweet message. It, I was like, oh yeah, I have come. Have up. you do you you ever listen to This American Life? No. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Ira Glass is the mm-hmm. host of This American Life, and this is a podcast that has been going for, well, it, it was a NPR radio show, but basically the format of This American Life, I'm convinced, invented podcasting. Sure. Uh, before it was a thing. Everybody wanted to be the Ira Glass. Cool. Ira Glass uh, has this amazing clip that you can look up on YouTube about creativity. If you just Google Ooh. Ira Glass and creativity, we're not going to play it because we're not <laughs> the kind of podcast. <laughs> But, We're not like an <laughs> but he talks uh, to to paraphrase what he says is basically like when you first start out, like what you have is taste. You have great taste. You know what's good. Fuck. And you know that you're not good enough. Wow. And he says what it takes is work. Oh my god, I <laughs> love this. You have to fucking create. Yeah. And you have to produce. Ooh. And you have to work, and you have to make deadlines, and you have to produce, and eventually, your talent will catch up to your taste. Oh my god! Okay, and it's inspiring as fuck. I love that. I, on that same note, I picked up and or was given um, as a gift um, Stephen King's memoir two years ago, maybe three. He's still alive. What is this with memoirs of people that are like not dead yet? <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, Christ, you got man. a lot of time left. You're like, Stephen girl, King. yeah. Once you die first, and then write your ass <laughs> memoir. No, it's, it's a, that's an autobiography or whatever, yeah, a sure, bio, sure, sure, whatever. Sure. It's a different thing, Mel. Memoirs are fine. Okay. Jesus, we're being rude. Um, um, I don't know the goddamn protocols in these things i don't either i'm we're I'm doing our best asshole. no we're fine um, but anyway yeah i did so, i'm sorry no but i that's first of all beautiful and brilliant because i feel like i know so many people that i like look at my friends and i go <laughs> like there's like let's say there's five friends and then they all tell me i feel like i could do comedy and like i've thought about it but mm-hmm. and then out of those five friends there's one friend that you know as a creative or as a comic that could fucking crush, you know? Yeah. So I have this one buddy, and he's always like, dude, if I, he comes on my show. He's such a sweetheart. And I'm like, listen, if you started and, like, fucking just kept at it, you'd be better than so many people. Like, already. You'd be, yeah. you'd be booked in five months you'd be you'd be you'd be better than anybody i fucking know like i i'm jealous of you and you're not even a comedian like fuck you i almost don't want you to start because you're gonna murder because you can see the skill right no i I mean not (laughs) that i can not not that i can read it but personally i'm like oh my god like i in conversation this person makes me laugh so hard and i i just adore him but so uh back to the thing about ira glass and stuff like um, Stephen King has a memoir and it's called On Writing. And he just talks about, it's a whole entire book. He talks about the first time he was inspired to write, what he first wrote, how he would write as a child. Like this kid, he's just like, oh, I wrote some stuff and my mom really liked it. And it's like so cute and it's so honest and vulnerable and gorgeous. And then 
the second half of the book turns into like grammar and I was like boo so, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest I did not read that half okay but the yeah. first half like I have like bookmarks in this fucking thing and I was like if I need to understand grammar one day I'll look at it but it's 2019 <laughs> who cares I can't even read how, myself how nice of him to delineate where the grammar <laughs> shit started I know I know I was like and he's like chapter grammar or what I don't know what it says but as soon as I saw it I read I was like but I am still learning and I do really like this memoir and I kept reading and then I was like oh I'm so bored and he's like the importance of using this word over that and I was like bleh. I was like so what I learned my favorite stuff <laughs> is from the first part so in the first part of his book he has um all these great things about how he writes and where he writes and what environments and what inspires him. So he has a really great point about when you first feel a moment, when you first feel this idea. Okay. And he's like, listen, when you first, when it's, he's like, you gotta be so certain and you gotta be right there. And he goes, the most important part, of writing is having the confidence in yourself to understand this first I'm gonna I, I, I'm not quoting any of this by the way please paraphrase yeah. pa- mega paraphrased also whiskey drunk so but yeah, like he that's how we do that's how we do and I love it <laughs> but he he's like he's like the moment you have an idea there's a small window there it's right if, the moment it's there you only have X amount of time. And you'll know the amount of time that you have based on your lifestyle and who you are. But he was like, you have to you have to be confident. You have to get to the point as a creative in any field that you know that that fucking idea is worth grabbing and bringing down. And he's like, it's a small window and you gotta, if it, you have to be so used to like because a lot of the time like I'll have ideas and I'm like hanging out or I have this like thing and I'm like well I'm driving and it's crazy and like I'm whatever who cares like it's not that funny maybe I think it's funny but I'm driving or like I'm at a meeting and then I don't write it down and I don't grab it and I don't put it put it where it needs to be Mm. I don't bring it in but he's like the most important thing about being a creative is being able to recognize that that's the fucking idea and bring it to life and he goes and you only have really a couple hours and he's like and if you can't bring it if you can't sit with it in that moment then it's gone and he's like and how scary is that like i it's in in my mind i'm like oh my god it's the worst because i in my mind i wake up the next day and i'm like wait what was that probably didn't matter probably wasn't that good but he's like his idea and his like kind of a coaching in this beautiful fucking memoir is basically telling you that you need to be comp- you need to get to the point where you know what's good and what's worth it and you yeah. need to be you need to instill that and empower yourself to be like that is dope that is amazing like that yeah. is something i could use that is something that will help me and like just bring it down and then elaborate and like love it and like and he's like but there's only that small the window kernel, baby the and kernel it, is huge right it, like you yeah. have to have the kernel you can work on the material right yeah it's like you were saying about the the joke we talked about earlier is like you're like yeah I could still have a conversation with that joke and, yeah, and yeah. work on it but the kernel the thing there's a thing there that it's needs more, to be It's more than a expressed. poop joke to me. Like it's not again yeah, like I didn't mean to it's... even bring it back to that joke necessarily. No, but but just the idea that there's like something there that yeah. needs to be explored. Yeah. You know? And I think in my mind 
without really thinking about it when I was like, no, that kind of bothers me because it's like a, it's more of an anxiety joke. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've kind of, yeah, stretched my limits creatively to make it more adaptable and more relatable. But like it, I do need, once I get to it, it is going to be more of a social anxiety thing than a drug thing. Like, I'm not trying to be like, don't we all just fucking love drugs? Like, that's not, I don't love all drugs. I do a lot of drugs, but I don't. Drugs are hilarious. I mean, there's a thing But it's relatable, but like, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, but that that stuck out to me, and I love. But they're also easy. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, there's a little, there's a thing about, like, you have to be careful with, like, like drug jokes, right? Like, like. (laughs) <laughs> it's not uncommon at, at, at a given open mic to, oh, I'm so stoned. Dude, sorry, I'm so high. I forgot my fucking jokes. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Like, All right, yeah. Sorry, okay. open micers. You're, you're funny people. <laughs> no, no. What? I'm actually very jealous because I, because, be, being a bartender, I, I, my, again, I work at night. Like, I, my livelihood is uh, making money at night. So, your nine to five is literally reversed. For me, like, I work at night, and, like, there's all these great mics in Columbus, and, like, I feel, yeah. like, this weird guilt. Like, I'm not there. I'm not really a comic. I fucking suck. Like, ugh. Like, it, it, it hits me hard, dude. Like, every day, even, like, I don't know. And then the moment I have, I get to go to one, I'm just, like, a fucking little kid in the candy store, and all my comedian friends are there, and they're like, where have you been? What's up? And I'm just like, oh, my God, how are you? I love you. And then <laughs> I, I feel like I, st- I feel like a new kid every time because I, I, I just don't make it out to those as much, but, you know, yeah. it's whatever. It's super fun. You got to get like, it. Everybody you gotta... that's listening, you need to know that, like, every Monday night you should be at the Shrunken Head. Absolutely. And where's the – okay, wait. Like, I know the Shrunken Head because I've been there enough, and I know there's one at Tree Bar Wednesday – like, when Thursday. Is Tree Bar is Thursday? Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, the uh, uh, barrel, barrel is Wednesday night. It's Wednesday. Look how tiny it's going crazy. You're going to see uh, comedians practicing their acts and working on their material. And you're going to see like new acts. And you're going to see people that are like, like, like that have worked their shit out and like are working on new stuff. And but they're like pros. You're going to see a lot of stuff. Like I, I stopped in back when Surly Girl was around. This was years ago. Um, I happened to stop in on a night when a when a touring uh, guy was in like doing a roast. Oh my god! And I god. got to see him literally work on his uh, on his shit, and it was so fun. Like he was literally reading off of cards and just like testing out jokes, like without any affectation at all. Oh my like, god! Like he was literally just giving one liners with no affectation, Hell just yeah. to see if the joke was funny. And I was like, oh damn, this is so interesting. This is where they come to fucking yeah anybody. All comics. Like, he was literally just like, blah, 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 blah. And he'd look at the audience. He There would be a pause, and he would be like looking through the spotlight or whatever. You know, like Surly Girl, like oh. if you're familiar with that open mic, oh it was God. never a spotlight. <laughs> but he was right. looking into the darkness of the crowd. Right. Like, it was just like to a see lamp. If people reacted to the joke. Mel, I'm trying to Instagram. Put you on my stories. What's your Instagram handle? You're, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something like I am not a social media person. You know, I am baby. You are such a social (laughs) media person. When I see your Instagram stories pop up, like I always see these stories. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'm taking a shit. I'm going to look at your stories. That's when I watch my own stories. (laughs) But like your stories, you have a hundred. 
It is like I am seeing all of the all of the amble the amble amble photo the amble photo story. <laughs> Sorry, we just ate um, uh, warheads, so our mouth. No, I'm just kidding. No, we did not. But, but the, I'm seeing I the whole amber falter story. Dude, here's my thing. I've and I know everything un- about tiny. I've un- I feel like I've known tiny forever, and you have. Who hasn't? No, I I so I work at the bar too. So I'm like a bartender, and like my face is like there a lot, and. People come in that I do not even know that follow my Instagram, I guess. Okay. Right? Because you're a public I'm like, you're a public person. I mean, I guess I don't know. You some, are. Some you're ways. a local celeb. <laughs> and I go, Hey, what's up? What are you having? A beer? And they go, Hi, um, how are the Browns? How are your dog how is ta- has the new kitten? And I'm like, uh. Who are you? Do you like IPAs or water? I'm pissed. But I'm not mad. It's like flattering, but like in my mind, I'm like. But it's like also hard to deal with, right? Yeah, because I'm like. like, I'm like, wait, I'm clocked in as a bartender. No, I don't get paid for comedy most times. But uh, what, wait, what are we talking? Ooh, what's your. And I, I, I often ask, I'm like. What's your Instagram handle? Oh, that's so okay. I see you like some of my stuff, but like, it's really funny. I um, I used to do a thing at oh, the bar. Oh, you've got three posts. Great. Right. <laughs> mm, can't wait to follow. Thank you. But no, it's so real. But I did a thing at my bar like a year ago. There was a fork that kept showing up, like a fucking metal fork. It's a bar. We don't need a fork for anything. We're not eating salads or making people. It's a. We don't have yeah. a kitchen. So I, I, you I kept, have the greenskeeper at Land Grant, but you don't have salads. <laughs> There's no thank you. Tell everybody, please. And so I was like making videos with this fork because I kept showing up behind the bar. So I kept like serving people beer with the fork, pouring beer with the fork, like washing dishes with the fork. And then like one day I like threw it away and my boss follows me and she's like HR and stuff. And she sent me a DM. And so people, it was called Bar Fork, okay? I was like, oh my God. I was like, thank God it's a Friday night. Like, thank God I have my Bar Fork. And I'd like smack, like I'd ask regulars if I could smack them in the face with it and shit. Like it got crazy. I did it for months. And people were like, I don't even, again, like I don't even know, like random DMs, like LOL, Bar Fork. We love Bar Fork. And I was like, I'm just, a dumbass okay but cool so one day i dropped it in a trash can and then picked it back up later in the shift and started serving quote-unquote serving beers with a bar fork that was in a trash can (laughs) so then my owner the owner one of the owners of my bar sends me a message and she was like hey amber love the bar fork content and i love you for that is against health code. <laughs> that is a health code violation. And I was like, ah, come on, Aaron, it's a joke. <laughs> and she's like, seriously, though, that's, hey! that's a public thing. You can't be touching shit and touching shit and putting it in a trash can. And I was like, yeah. you right, you right. So it anyway, is a funny joke, though. But it was fun. Wasn't it good? You liked it. Come on, girl. And then, like, but I remember, like, that, that, I haven't done that in over a year, and people still come into the bar. They're like, so where's Bar Fork, huh? Is he working tonight? And I'm like, listen, Bar Fork had to go. Yeah, <laughs> I had, to, I had to grow up. Have you heard of it? But, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, I don't know. Social media is fun. I don't like Facebook. I get on there. I'm very selfish. I post about my shows, and I log off. Well, ever, ever I appreciate like, that. Okay, like I, I get Ugh. that I am like an old fuck, and that Facebook. How old are is you? Stop saying that. I'm 37, and I have oh, two months. I, I have two months to use the line. I'm 37. I'm not old. Fuck you. Do you even understand that joke at all? 
You have two Any, months to use what? The line, I'm 37, I'm not old. It's a Monty Python quote. Oh. That's all I got. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I missed it. I it's my favorite, it's my favorite scene from Monty me. Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> I mean, that's good. <laughs> Do you see him oppressing me? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, sorry, my dog's in your lap, and it's a very aesthetically pleasing and adorable I moment. I feel like the only thing that would make this better is like a cigar. Like I oh, am like I yeah. have my legs yes. crossed. Do tiny. you have cigarettes? Can we be bad? I don't have cigarettes. I do have cigars though. You do <laughs> I do have cigars. I was we can the totally That's... smoke cigars. But cigarettes aren't far. There are gas stations. There are that we can they talk. do exist. It's fine. Yeah. I'm at that phase. You ever get to that phase with smoking where you quit but then you're like you start smoking OPCs, other people's cigarettes? <laughs> And then you become the asshole that you everybody hates. You mean my hates. whole life? Um, yeah. So I've never really been a smoker smoker, but I recently, uh, we've been stressed out at Lee and Grant, me and the yeah. bartenders. So me and the bartenders uh, that haven't always thing. smoked, me have gone through a thing. And then we were all like, well, we'll just buy a pack for us, like as a family. <laughs> And then, then you're now you're into counting, right? Like, you're oh like, my oh, god! Fucking so and so's had four. My, yeah, four for <laughs> my two. Did you, did you see him? I mean, I don't even smoke, but like, I need at least six. And this is fucked up. No, it's become this really adorable. Wait, it's become this like weird. Like we're like we don't smoke, and we're outside smoking. Like yeah, every yeah. day during after our meetings. I'm Mel, telling wait, people. You didn't I tell quit. me your fucking Instagram handle. It's oh, should I say this publicly or do we believe this? Yes. Okay, it's Milliman Mel. That's um, right. You're gonna find mostly pictures of my woodworking on there. M I L. Milliman. It's M I L L I M E N. It's like a. It's like a like a thousand men. I think that's the metric prefix for a thousand, right, Millie? Yeah. Oh, see, here's my problem. I love Instagram. Facebook can suck my dick. I love Instagram. I do. I'm I'm good at it. It's way hipper from what she, I hear. She my girl. I don't care about Twitter. I won't ever fuck with that. Or Snapchat. Uh, Snapchat is that, that what's called? Snapchat with a P? for uh, dicks, right? Sna- for dick pics? <laughs> Snapchat. That's for people for who. Yeah. That's for people who wear chaps too often. <laughs> this is my Snapchat, and then Take they a picture send a picture. Of my chaps. Yeah. Um, but. I love, I love like Instagram and I'm, I, I feel like I'm pretty okay at it, but I like know my friends' names, but then their Instagram handle is some fucking bullshit. It's like, hey, I'm Tracy Melissa. And then I look up Tracy Melissa and it's like, did you mean hot dog slut 47 tween? <laughs> and I'm like, who? And then I have to text her or DM her on Facebook. No. That's so real. But it's so real. And I'm like trying to be a supportive person and be like, I'm going to tag you. Like my followers will see you. Like your followers will see me. Like repost, like whatever. But like it's like this annoying thing where I'm like, wait, Becca, what is your fucking Instagram handle? She's like, baby umbrella 2012, 1590s bus town. And then I'm like, I don't like you anymore. This is so... I'm trying to I'm trying to tag a bitch. Like let me let me tag you. Oh, it's annoying. So like okay, so like I like like we talked about, I'm 37, I'm fucking not old, but I'm old. Sure. And whatever that means. Like to be honest, it's not about age. What it is is like I don't give a fuck about social media, but then I also see these like some benefits of it. And 
one of the benefits is that I can't remember people's names for the life of me. I meet people and it's like I, during the conversation, I, I've forgotten their name. Like they say, I'm so-and-so and I'm like, oh, it's nice to meet you, so-and-so. And then they talk for two minutes and I'm fucking, I don't know who you are. Like, I got nothing. Um, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like just oh waiting God. for like somebody to come up and say their name so I can remember. Like, I'm the worst. And I wish people like were okay with that and would repeat their name to me and like stuff like that. Cause I do that to people. I'm like, my name is Mel Milliman. Oh, uh, Mel Milliman? Yeah. Remember me? Mel Milliman. Dude. Like, cause, and, and, I, and I do that because like I'm so insecure about the fact that like I don't want, I don't want to hurt people. Absolutely. We're very similar, Mel. Now, these people on fucking Instagram and Facebook, they don't don't give a fuck they're using pseudonyms okay so like i being like facebook has helped me remember a lot of people's names okay because i see their names next to their picture <laughs> right okay right. but like some of these motherfuckers are on there using fake names and i get it especially with women you don't want to use your real name because stalkers and shit and men and are horrible murders yeah men are horrible and i get that i right? burped in the mic a lot are you gonna be mad if i do it one more time no do it really loud right now it's it'll it'll come. It's coming. Okay. Well, I will pause for it if you just put <laughs> no, your hand up. No, I will. I'll let you know. I'll okay. just I'll warn you. Um, but sorry. like, <laughs> so like, I get the fake name on Facebook, and then I call that person the Facebook name in real life, and they get mad, and they are like, "Oh, you don't really know me. <laughs> you are just one of these Facebook fucks." Oh my! God. You know what I mean? Like this thing, dude. I had. <laughs> let's just say. Let's just say it was a Michael. Okay. So on. The internet, interwebs, interneting webs. It was a Michael. Okay. Let's just say. And in IRL, in real life, old people, <laughs> old people, Mel, Mel, write this I, down. I needed that. Did Thank you. Need you. That? I am IRL actually writing this down right now. Like, in real <laughs> life. So in real life, when I see a Michael, I go, hey, hello, it's me, Amber. How are you, Michael? And this motherfucker. <laughs> Again, we've only fully communicated on Facebook for billions of years. I've been alive for billions of years. Yeah. And this guy, like, in front of people, I'm, I'm at the bar, I'm working, but guess. like. I use my middle name. No, no, but like, pr I mean, that's the worst case scenario and worst cucks case scenario. But like this guy, this guy was like, <laughs> Amber, <laughs> I thought you'd know by now, but I go by Mike. And I was like. <laughs> that's I was like, I wanted to be like, can I see your birth certificate? I'm going to slap your mom or you. I hate you both. Like, I do not care. That's like, and this guy is 10 years older than me. And I was like. How about you correct me like an adult, Mike? I was like, I'm gonna call you Mike until you act like an adult, you motherfucker. Like it was one of those names where like it's kind of boyish when it's like <laughs> the baby name. And like if it's you, not like if adding you want a Y that, though. Like when you add a Y, that's <laughs> definitely a little hey, bit infantizing. Hi, right? Mikey, Michael Lee, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but like I, I was so mad, I was like, Well, I know you as this because of the reasons I even know you via Facebook. F fuck you F fuck you like are you kidding me and he goes hey, don't call me that I go by Mike and I go you big boy you need a bigger diaper oh no I was just like dude yeah, he, he, being salty shit. about Michael versus Mike is a little sensitive. Okay? Yeah, I it was might like, be something you need uh, to talk to your therapist about. 
Mike. <laughs> I'm not going to call you Michael, uh, but Mike. You I'm going to be honest. That is his real name. And I don't care. Oh, we're no. calling people out like motherfuckers in Girl, this podcast. I'm, I'm listening. Listen. I'm <laughs> Michael. I'm listening. Um, I'm... I'm PMSing. I'm just like a saucy little bitch. I'm just like, I'm not mean. I'm just honest. PMSing is not like a mean thing. It's where women are trying to be honest and societally and historically, people take honesty as negative because they cannot handle the truth and women have the truth to tell and when they're on their period I feel like women should be most listened to when they're on their fucking period because they have the most adequate and important shit to be saying and um, people have shut them down for too long so when you're on your period scream your goddamn shit because you're probably goddamn right and you might be looked at as crazy but we're getting there babies we're getting there I think that's pretty interesting actually that was a very drunk thought and I'm going to pour myself more whiskey because at this point (laughs) I put my Coors Light can in my whiskey glass and I just feel like a total hillbilly (laughs) that's a super interesting thought I think that uh, that that, that actually like is a. I, I feel you're being a little silly, but like I think there's a lot of merit to that because like people that yeah. have more shit going on, they have more shit to say. They have more important shit to say. They know like what's like you know what I mean. Like we have we have weighed all of the options. Right. We know all of the concerns. Uh, these are the concerns that are really fucking important. You know, right. like that kind when of thing. When it comes down to it, like where when when somebody's like living their soft <laughs> ass so. suburban life, like you know what I mean. Yeah. They're like, oh, the or grass is getting long. Yeah. You know, like oh, these these are problems. Maybe maybe women have periods not only to give birth to other humans, but also to. Get shit in check and get things done. They're like, all right, by next month, we gotta have these things checked off the to do list. Like, <laughs> that sounds about right to me. Cause I get really like, I get like, when I'm about to start my period, or if I'm on my period, I wake up and I'm just like, and I feel like very like, what are we gonna do today? Like, you know, you get very hyped. Yeah. I love, I love you. I'm so happy you have whiskey and bourbon and. Coors Light. Yeah. If you have another Coors Light, I'll have it after this. I have this. so many more Coors Lights, mm. and I'll tell you why. Because I please I, explain. Were you hanging out with my uncle last weekend? His I swear to God, are so fucking hairy. It, they're not. They're, oh, mine no, are they're, more hairy. Yeah. Well, yours like definitely Trump is. <laughs> but yeah, no. Like he you might know, like Trump. Your uncle. And, oh, <laughs> mm, he's bad. Yeah. Well, that we don't yeah, hang I out. Would ex- I would. I would expect that from a from a underhaired man. <laughs> a bald a bald man. Bald pitted Trump supporter <laughs> motherfuckers. Now I have a lot of Coors Light because I don't drink beer at all. What? Yeah, I just I just I, I literally keep beer when I have guests over that don't drink whiskey. I I, I, I try to be a good host, Amber. I mean <laughs> Girl, do I know it. I'm uh, so happy right now. You know what? I am so glad that you picked a new name for this podcast and <laughs> that, that we are now Lampshade Media Presents Bathtub Rim Job. I mean, I think it's like aesthetically pleasing and like young people will like it and older people will like it. And at the very least, they'll get like horny for like a bath or horny for like a rim job or maybe both. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm down for both, you know. Dustin Meadows is going to be our next guest. Yay! Oh, and he's, he's going to be my, the first my... official guest with the real name of the podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, well, good luck out there. Um, <laughs> I hope he likes it. 
Oh wow. This has been fantastic. Thank you. I've Thank had a great you so time. So much. We have we have had an amazing conversation. Totally. And we have walked a dog and we have talked about dog shit and periods and armpit hair. And might I say, real quick, Tiny was a special guest that Mel was very nice to even let me bring. And at this moment she is literally sitting in an office chair across the room as if she is our producer. And she looks tired yeah. and impressed but angry. Yeah. And she's got some notes, I think. Tiny, too. what do you think? She wagged her tail. She loves it. <laughs> Thank you, Mel. I love this. I'm so happy. All it's right. been a great day. Well, go check out Growling Gremlin, you guys. Yeah. Listeners, go check out Growling Growling Gremlin at Grumble, the Grumble. Daily Growler in, in German, uh, Village. German Village. And G- go check G- out like keep your eyes on Facebook and keep your eyes out for the uh, Stand Up for Choice uh, shows. We'll raise money for all the bad babes doing all the organization work yeah. in Columbus. Fuck yeah. Thank you, Mel. You're the best. Cheers, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Produced by Lampshade Media. Edited by Tyson Shipman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Voiceover by Austin Hoover. And Mel did things too. Special thanks to Donnie Mossman and Catherine Smith for graphic design and photography and the creative people of Columbus, Ohio.